liftoff and the clock has started. To that pixel life this is episode 176 a recording on january 31st 2022 my name's shannon moore and this week we are discussing sony making some moves they're about ready to clap back was it a um an equal purchase arcades dying and today's wordle is money and to do this i have with me Justin, dude, where's my car, Carter? Justin, how you doing? Dude, where's my car? Dude, uh, all things considered, I'm doing pretty good. Let, let me tell you, man. This uh, <laughs> this past weekend was, you know, a bit of a uh, adventure, if you will. I was supposed to go to California, as we know. Last week, it was uh, Justin, you know, on his way to Cali, Carter. Yeah, well, we went on our way to Cali, and on our way to Cali, about two hours outside of phoenix uh as we're driving it's like eight at night and there was a huge fucking tire like a lifted truck tire <laughs> uh-huh. in the middle of the road we were in the far left lane so we didn't have like it just came up it's like pitch black outside like because we're like seven miles outside of courtside 30 miles outside of Blythe, like middle of nowhere mm-hmm. and i'm sitting there playing Yu-Gi-Oh on the switch <laughs> megan's driving we're having a good time and then all of a sudden it's like kaboom and we fucking run over this tire and then like immediately like the car starts smoking and then like one light comes on and then all the lights come on and like <laughs> it looks like the fucking klingons just hit the enterprise and shit's like shaking everywhere and megan's like should i pull over and i'm like uh yeah we should probably pull over and we pull over and i fucking get out of the car turn my little cell phone flashlight on walk to the front and my car is like bleeding out antifreeze and like two other liquids and i like look under the car and there's just like loose like wires and shit hanging out and i'm like well i'm like that's not good wow and uh so megan's like dude fuck and so she like through progressive called a tow truck luckily i was surprised they came in about a little over an hour like Mm -hmm. i was really surprised and it's actually because the tow truck guy lives in Blythe so he wasn't that far away which which I felt bad because he's the one that we ended up having to get our car towed back to Phoenix so he drove us two hours back to Phoenix just for him to have to drive two hours back since he lived like literally 20 miles away from where we were um but that was our only option like you know it's eight at night there's no body shops or anything open there's shit in Quartzsite in fucking Blythe like most of the places it's like all just mom and pop shops and shit most of them aren't even open till monday and with the extent of damage done to our car like you know they would have to order parts there'd be whatever so it was like the only way was to like literally pay 950 dollars to get my car towed back two hours the other way well i mean it could have been worse i mean you could have ended up on the back of a milk carton like have you seen these fools like i mean dude like that's how most horror movies start you break down in the middle of fucking nowhere Dude. And then <laughs> I know dude, it, it was terrifying though, dude, sitting in the car, like 
on the way, dude, like fucking giant semis are driving by, just rattling the entire fucking car. Mm-hmm. It was horrible. Like I didn't want to be in the car. So then I'd get mm-hmm. out of the car and it's like fucking 58 degrees outside and the winds blow in. And then with the cars driving by, <laughs> I was like freezing. So I'd get out for a while, <laughs> then get back in the car and then get out of the car as we're like waiting for the tow truck to come. Dude, uh, I forget 58 degrees is like cold for you. That's like short sleeve shirt weather for me right now. I'm like yes. standing out there. <laughs> Dude, and I wake up in the morning and it's like 68 in my house and I'm like wearing two jackets. <laughs> uh, yeah, luckily, we found out today the insurance company did uh, call us today and mm-hmm. we dealt with them and stuff because our car has basically been at the body shop because they're not going to work on it until the insurance people give the okay but uh apparently they're gonna pay for that tow which is great i I would love to get reimbursed back all that money and then um as far as i know like we're good accident wise like Mm -hmm. i shouldn't have to because i'll tell you what damages for our car in case you're anyone's wondering i know zach and shan already know this but uh we need like a new radiator and like a bunch of other shit like got fucking broken under the car yeah it was like thirty three (laughs) hundred dollars to fix our car um and I'm assuming basically from what I've heard from both the body shop and what progressive was basically saying, they're both under the impression that they're probably just going to end up totaling our car oh, because no. the value of our car, like on Kelly blue book, whatever is like maybe between 10 to maybe 12 grand mm-hmm. and the amount of damage that was done. I mean, that's just what they estimated, but because it was leaking multiple fluids, They said Mm -hmm. that when the appraiser dude goes out there from progressive to actually check out the car, that he'll probably usually if it's leaking more than one fluid, they'll want like all the shit that's connected to the fluids replaced. So they're like, yeah, more than likely that like three grand will probably end up being closer to five. And since it's like above a certain percentage, like they won't fix it and then they'll just total the car and then just cut us a check for how much it's worth minus what we still owe on the car, which is like five grand or whatever. And then the $500 deductible is going to have to come out. So after everything's said and done, if they do end up totaling it, they might cut us a check for probably about three ish grand. That sucks, dude. Yeah. And then we'll have to get a new car. (laughs) Yeah. And with then like with the shortage going on right now, because of COVID and like manufacturers can't make enough cars, like you're going to get stuck with like a, like a, a Sonic, or like a, what was it what's that, what's that chevy song a subcompact like one of those like super small annoying like little like zip cars <laughs> oh no dude megan would sooner walk than drive one of those <laughs> uh luckily my dad has an extra truck too so um because mm-hmm. they would not provide us with a rental car since we didn't have that under the insurance and stuff so uh-huh. luckily he has an extra truck so um, we, we get to use that for the next couple weeks or whatever until we figure out what's actually going on with the with our car. Mm-hmm. That's a bummer, dude. I'm sorry about it, but I'm glad to hear you guys are safe. And Yeah, yeah. Luckily, you know, neither one of us were hurt. And, you know, that's what's important. <laughs> now, did you have to cancel the trip or did you like just go home and be like, well, I guess, uh, Dad, can we borrow the truck and then just bounce right back out again? Uh, no, no. Yeah, no, we definitely just went back home. Um, we are planning to go back out to California in like a couple weeks, mm-hmm. whether um, that's with a, like a rental car or whatever, or, you know, if our car actually ends up getting fixed. So mm-hmm. we are still planning to go back out and get tattooed and stuff still. 
but nice. but yeah no with all the because at first i didn't know if insurance was even going to cover it or not to be honest so we were like hardcore stressing out because i'm like dude like i mean i can pay like mm-hmm. the 3300 whatever to fix the car but it's like i really don't want to like that's gonna like take a nice chunk out of my fucking savings so that's a bummer man well i'm glad yeah i'm glad it all worked out i'm glad you didn't have to pay through the nose for anything but um speaking of paying through the nose hey um, zingers uh, zach's not the only one that can throw those uh those segues in there um wanted to drop some uh news as of recording today I, i knew we postponed you know just you know besides watching the 49ers lose abysmally um but um today it came out that uh sony uh bought bungie now uh you know all those destiny 2 uh players are gonna be uh you know over living on the the playstation 5 um what do you what do you think about this justin do you think uh this is a like tit for tat like uh you think this is a an equal acquisition for uh, for Sony to clap back to uh, Microsoft's uh, buying Activision? Like, I know that's what a lot of people are saying online, but it's like, you know, shit like this doesn't just happen overnight. Like, this is obviously something that's been in the works, I feel like. And it's just like now, I feel like now with, you know, Microsoft coming out and acquiring like Blizzard and stuff like they're just now kind of releasing the news about it. But I feel like this has probably been in the works for probably like a couple of years. Mm-hmm. Um, what's funny is my friend. So my friend Troy works at Bungie. So I actually knew about this um, a little bit before it was announced because he was telling us in the chat, like they had a team meeting about it this morning before it was like made public and stuff that he was a part of. And, um, it's pretty funny. I guess like everyone, everyone at uh, Bungie is actually getting PS5s and they're also getting a free <laughs> copy of Horizon, <laughs> the huh. new one that's coming okay. out. So that's uh, that's pretty cool and stuff. And I guess like they're going Bungie going forward is going to be like Sony's uh, kind of like own. I want to say like, what do you say? It was like MMO or like, you know, online RPG like fucking people now. And he's like, dude, he's like, I'm going to make it my sole job to get us a new Jack and Daxter from the inside. <laughs> but you know yeah, what want? you know, what people have been clamoring for Jack and Daxter. Oh, yeah. Right. But, but um, I mean, yeah, I mean, it was a three point six billion dollar uh, purchase. So, I mean, you know, coming considering uh, Activision was bought for like sixty eight billion. I mean, there, there's a big jump there. So, um. You know, I'm kind of wondering uh, what Bungie's next step is. Is it to acquire, uh, reacquire Halo and then, you know, put Halo on uh, on Sony's uh, PlayStation? <laughs> Dude, well, it, it's pretty funny because it's like for those of you at home that haven't kept track of this. So um, and it, so initially, you know, Bun- there was Bungie. Bungie worked with Microsoft and stuff. And then Bungie was bought by Blizzard and Activision. And Bungie was under Blizzard and Activision for, you know, years and years. And then people weren't happy with Destiny and Bungie was getting a lot of shit about the quality of like Destiny 2 and stuff. And then so was Blizzard and stuff. And apparently it was a toxic work environment for both Blizzard and for Bungie. So they terminated Bungie's contract and cut them loose. So then Bungie went off on their own. And then now Sony bought them. And then Microsoft bought Blizzard. So it's like their parent company got acquired by Microsoft and then they went independent. And then now Sony acquired them. So it's like 
you know, they're like, oh, mom's abusing the kids. So now they're going to go stay with dad. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, it's um, I mean, I'm excited to see what they do. But I mean, Destiny, like, I I don't know, like, I never really look at the numbers on Destiny and I never really see people playing it or talking about it too much on any of my gaming feeds or Twitter feeds or anything like that. So I'm just kind of curious, like, are they going to keep? like pushing that destiny or is destiny going to kind of either get a revamp and they're going to come out with a new like kind of open world kind of thing uh maybe try to modernize it and and update it for the playstation 5 so i mean i know they've done updates on the ps5 i think for destiny too like megan used to play destiny a lot um and i still see people on twitter sometimes like talk about but i know it's not really like the in the spotlight kind of game that you know it used to be Mm -hmm. but i feel like really they'll probably just keep maintaining destiny 2 but i feel like sony's gonna want them to like i don't know work on like some new shit like they might give them some new stuff to work with like it'd be cool dude like give them like kill zone or something that's like a fucking dead like first person like shooter like franchise or something for them to work on bring or resistance. resistance yeah exactly yes. yeah exactly <laughs> like sony has like a fucking calendar full of first person like exclusives and stuff for shooters like or even feel like it's been a minute since we've had a fear game like get the rights mm-hmm. for fear or whatever and have them do it like you know the possibilities dope. are endless like or just a completely new ip like yeah i mean i think you know maybe um i'm trying to think of games that would fit into like their wheelhouse that i think you know would be a good fit for them and you know i don't know maybe like an army of two um that might be pretty cool okay like if, I, I mean but i mean i know you know th- these are just titles i'm throwing out to something adjacent for them to work on that i think would be pretty cool but um you know i, I definitely think it's a first person shooter open world like you know kind of thing that they're gonna they're gonna try to, to come up with some banger and i'm i'm here for it like i kudos to them um but i just think it's kind of funny you know it's it's uh, a <laughs> You know, it's it's a uh, it's, you know, Microsoft is like, yeah, we bought Activision, like Call of Duty, biggest game. And then Sony's like, yeah, well, we bought Destiny, (laughs) you know, (laughs) I also kind of wonder, too, if maybe they're going to have them work on like Godfall or something, because Godfall tries to be Destiny so fucking hard. And then now they actually own Destiny. So they're like here, they're like, make Godfall 2, but but make it better. godfall 2 destiny 3 (laughs) yeah godfall 2 it's destiny with swords (laughs) well in um in other acquisitional news uh this week uh justin your latest obsession was uh bought by the new york times uh yeah today it came out um that the new york times games purchased wordle for they wouldn't say how much they just said quote unquote the lower end of seven figures, which it's like, what the fuck does that mean? <laughs> like, I'm assuming that means it's like one point something. Mm-hmm. But um, but no, that's incredibly cool. So, yeah, if you don't know, Wordle's what um, has kind of been the trend. If you've been on Twitter at all and stuff lately, people every day, there's a new five letter word for you to guess. And you try and then if you get a letter right and it's in the correct spot it's green if it's the correct letter but it's in the wrong spot it's yellow and if that letter is not in the word at all it's black and you have six guesses to try and guess the word and you know it's not necessarily a unique game but the part that i think 
made it take off is the social aspect of being able to share the answer without giving the answer away, like showing your results and stuff. And it uses little green and yellow, like square emojis and stuff. When you post and share your results, showing like how many guesses it took you, what letter spots were right and wrong. It's a really creative way of showing that you got the answer without giving everybody the word. Cause that would just ruin it for everybody. And so it's kind of become this fun little social experiment. And I mean, I kudos to the guy. It's a one man team. So, you know, he doesn't have to split that money with anybody. It's like his fucking baby. So he gets all of it. And, you know, I'd rather cash out while it's hot than, you know, become like angry birds or something like that, where you just kind of fizzle out and die in silence somewhere in like an alley. Mm hmm. You come back in a in a insurance commercial. Um, yeah, but yeah, it's uh, it was kind of, it's crazy because like in October there was ninety users on Wordle's website, and then on November first that number grew to three hundred thousand users, and by the middle of the month, uh, by the middle of this month, um, millions are playing the game daily. So like it's just crazy to think that from October to now, like you went from ninety users to like over millions, and like I just kind of wonder. You know, if uh, the New York Times, they said they're going to keep the game free, which is great, you know, because it's free already. But, you know, you said it was ad free before. I mean, you know, the New York Times got to make money somehow on this thing. So, I mean, you're probably going to start to see a lot more ads pop up. I wonder if that's going to ruin the experience moving I forward. Fe I feel like it is. And honestly, I would not be surprised if now that this acquisition's kind of taken place that here... Like, I imagine here in, like, the next couple months, like, Wordle's probably going to die down. Like, even my friends, like, they were like, dude, the only reason, like, I play with my friends Tanner and Troy, and Troy today, after I told him about the acquisition, he's like, I mean, the only reason I even still play is because you and Tanner play, and we just all kind of <laughs> share our answers. So he's like, once you guys stop, he's like, I'm probably not going to play anymore. <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, it's pretty funny, because I think they said, like, their operating budget for their games department was, like, $8.4 million a year. So if they spent, like, you know, like, let's say they spent like one or two million dollars to buy this property. I mean, like, that's a substantial chunk of their annual income that they blew in January. <laughs> right. February, you know. But, um, you know, I hope I hope it stays around for them. But, uh, yeah, I think it's going to be one of those crazies that's you're not you're, you're never going to hear about it probably once like the end of March rolls around. Right. It's going to like fizzle out. And it's like I just it's like one of those things like I saw the biggest takeaway I saw from a lot of people about this right it is possible to create something that is free that isn't shoving like ads in your face or trying to get you to like do micro buy shit and stuff so it's possible to make a quality product that's free that like people like will buy or whatever for like a substantial amount and they're like people were saying that's like the purest return to form for the internet like wordle was the it's completely free there's no ads it's like the way the internet used to be before it became like just this conglomerate of like monetization. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I get that. I mean, it's um, I think, you know, the New York Times is struggling to adapt, um, you know, I mean, being a print media and then trying to evolve into being able to retain your subscription base uh, online. I think it's like, you know, it's going to be part of their online like crossword puzzle, like your daily, you know, thing that you log on to the New York Times, you get your articles, you play your Wordle and then you know, you're out. Um, so I hope um, it works for them. I hope it keeps their subscription and revenue stream going. But, you know, it's, I think it's just a sign of the times that that media is in trouble. Yeah, they're going to end up like pushing the newspaper as like NFTs. 
<laughs> you're like, yeah, you want page seven of the paper? Like, it's going to be like 43 Ethereum. Yeah, just take out like each each uh, New Times Roman like uh, name and just like uh, you know just parcel it out as an NFT. Yeah, you want you want your grandma's obituary? It's gonna cost you. <laughs> but you know, speaking with uh, things going uh, going the way of the dodo and and not being able to keep up with the times, uh, Sony this week or not Sony uh, Sega, sorry, uh, announced that after fifty years, um, they're no longer going to uh, make arcade uh, be be in the arcade business anymore. Yeah, I, I I feel like a lot of that has to probably do with COVID. Like I know in Japan, because of the constant, like a lot of arcades were closed for like over like a year plus and stuff. And then, you know, they reopened. And then after like the new outbreaks and stuff, a lot of places closed again. So I know, you know, a lot of stuff like that. So I think they just kind of lost too much money and weren't getting a return back. So they just kind of had to cut their losses. I just think it's crazy. I mean, like Sega only really had like 14, like roughly 15% of like their own company, <laughs> you know, right. they're just like, yeah, I guess, I guess we'll just get rid of the last 15%. Like who was pulling the strings at that point, <laughs> you know, for, to, to, for Sega to even come out with stuff. Cause I feel like they have had releases within like the past like couple years. I mean, granted it might not be like a first party title or something, but I, I feel like there's been like mobile iterations and, Jesus oh, Christ. hey, everyone at home, <laughs> mark your bingo card. Shannon's house phone went off. <laughs> Everybody take a drink. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, Sonic Breath of the Wild comes out soon. So, you know, maybe they can uh, recoup some money there. But mm. I mean, we'll see. I mean, it's, it, it'll be their swan song, right? It'll be like, yeah, we, we yeah. With, a, with a good game. But um, but yeah, it's it's just kind of sad. It's it's part of your childhood, right? I mean, like I remember sitting in when I was a kid, uh, in like focus groups, you know, and they wanted like you know kids who were playing video games, specifically specifically kids who were like Nintendo kids, right? And I was one of those Nintendo kids, and you know they called me in and they're like, okay, well, we're gonna try to f- we're trying to do some new branding. We're trying to figure out why kids don't like Sega or why like Nintendo kids are so stuck on Nintendo and why you know you don't you don't want to play our games. And like, you know, they sat us down and they just had like all these like weird like commercials that they were trying to show us like early concept commercials. And they were like storyboards and, you know, that like they were like super like uh, tribal, like, you know, if you're not with us, you're with them. And or like, you know, burn Nintendo. They were like burning Nintendos and stuff like that. I was like, wow, this is like some crazy like Orwellian stuff that's going on here. Like, I don't know (laughs) what's going on, but like, just give me my money so I can go buy a Nintendo game, please. Um and you know it's just uh it's just so funny because it was always you know growing up you was you're either a sega kid or you're a, a nintendo kid and like there was that hard line like you know people are always bagging on each other's consoles when they were at each other's houses like oh i don't want to play this sega game this controller's whack like altered beast is weird like just give me my mario and then everybody's like well who wants to play a fat plumber who like jumps on mushrooms like I don't get this. This is dumb. Like I want to run fast. I want to be Sonic. I want to run fast. Yeah. I mean, it was just, you know, I, I just remember all those things and uh, or like I remember Gauntlet like came out on Sega first and then, you know, it came out on Nintendo like a little bit later. But I remember going over to my friend's house because I wanted to play Gauntlet and they were like, dude, I'm so tired of this game. Like, I, I just want to go play something else. I'm like, no, dude, let's play some video games. But yeah, it's, you know, just another chapter of my nostalgia, uh, like uh, of my of my youth that's that's closed. 
No. Yeah, I mean, I was a Nintendo kid, to, to no surprise. But it's like mm-hmm. everyone else I knew was pretty much a Nintendo kid, too. I think I think I had a couple of friends who had Segas or whatever, but for the most part, everyone had Super Nintendos. Dude, for the longest time, like, I mean, I was never... I mean, my, my grandparents had a Sega Master System, and we would just play that, like, to death when we were over at their house. But, like, I missed the whole Genesis generation unless I was, you know, hanging out with one of my friends at their houses who had it. Um, and then after that, I think I really wanted to get a Dreamcast and I didn't really get, I didn't get a Sega Dreamcast until I was probably 21. Like, so, you know, it was way after the craze. Like I basically wanted it for Power Stone, which was like the only game I really played on that system. Um, but yeah, it's just, um, I, it just never really gravitated with me. Um, and even today, like I, I like I understand like the the draw for Sonic, but it was never really like um, a important video game to me. Not like you know, super. Uh, not like I feel Super Mario Brothers like two or three was. You know, same. I mean, I used to. I had the all three like Sonic, um, Sonic and Knuckles, and then Sonic two and stuff. I had it for like the home computer, like mm-hmm. PC. So I would play them there, but I never. Like, they were fun, and I used to play them a bunch, Sonic R and stuff, but I had never had, like, a hardcore, like, affinity for Sonic. Mm-hmm. Did they, did, um, did Sega ever get any points because they were the system that allowed real blood in their Mortal Kombat games? Um, see, like, I don't, like, to me, like, that's cool and all that they like i guess did that because that was like the you know they were the edgy that's their whole gimmick or whatever they were like the edgy console like they're like this isn't some baby shit like we're (laughs) sega uh but that's my thing is like when i think of like blood or like i'm like oh dude this is crazy and stuff i mean i just think of playstation like that for me that was like the when i first played like resident evil and it's like oh my god like what the fuck is like like nightmare fuel (laughs) it's <laughs> like a kid yeah manhunt was pretty rough too uh i think that came out on the playstation didn't it uh Man- manhunt's ps2 yeah uh silent hill was on ps1 that Dude, one silent hill still scares the one. crap out of me like if i hear a siren like an air raid siren like i freak out like in san francisco on air- every tuesday like they would they would do that like they they still have a functioning siren that they they used to set off maybe up until about two years ago every Tuesday. And like, I would freak out when I visited my grandparents when that thing went off and I didn't know what it was. <laughs> Dude, I remember, but the big, like one of my like core, like ingrained as a core memory in my head is it was one year for Thanksgiving. And I don't remember what year it was, but it was the year that grand theft auto three came out mm-hmm. and I didn't have a PS two or anything, but my cousin Ryan had a PS two and he got grand theft auto three, like the day it came out. And he brought it over on Thanksgiving and like hooked it up in my room and stuff when we were playing. And I was like, just sitting there and I'm like, just driving a school bus, like riding down the (laughs) sidewalk, running everyone over. And I'm like, this is bonkers, dude. I'm like, this shit is amazing. (laughs) Like, I was like, I didn't even know to just got, you got to just start hitting people. I'm like, dude, I'm like, what do you even do in this game? I don't even know, dude. You're just running around, just beating the shit out of people. I'm like, this is dope. (laughs) (laughs) And then Saints Row came out and just revolutionized that whole thing right 
but it just was so wild to me back then like again i was like it was, to me it was basically open world i'm like dude i'm like i don't even think there's objectives to this game i'm like you just literally rip people <laughs> out of cars and just murder people i'm like this is awesome just type in hot coffee everywhere and see what happens and yep. your parents freak out <laughs> did what <laughs> oh man you want to talk about people that were out of touch man they had no idea what was going on and uh speaking with people that are out of touch uh you know ubisoft came out this week and they said that um an executive at ubisoft said that users just don't get it when it comes to nfts uh i don't know i've heard all this crap about nfts and i still don't get it and i don't want to get it um I'm kind of tired of talking about NFTs, but do you have anything that you want to talk about? Maybe this this guy is full of crap. Like, I mean, it just I mean, seems like it, it, I'm sorry. It just kind of seems like everything that I've seen from Ubisoft trying to put NFTs in their games. It's like you have to play for 500 hours. You have to complete these obscene objectives, insane objectives. And like it's for a helmet in a game. And that's pretty much it. I mean, I just don't honestly. I know we we've. We've gone down the NFT road before. We're not going to waste everyone's time with it. I still, I don't understand the appeal. Like, and I saw someone bring this. So, because Team 17, um, the people who make like worms and stuff like that, they actually came out today too about how they're doing like worms NFTs and people are like bashing (laughs) on them. And like they posted one and people are like, why does it look so fucking ugly? Like, I don't understand why every NFT looks like a seventh grader made it. When there's really good art out there, yet it, every NFT I see looks like it was made in Microsoft Paint, and I don't know why. Like, can it not graphically <laughs> handle like good art? Like, I don't get it, and I don't get it either. Like, I don't understand that. You would think with the amount of bad press and just people straight up being like, "This is a terrible fucking thing." Why companies are like, "Yeah, we're gonna double down on this." Like, no, they're just out of touch. They'll grow to love it. Like, you know, it's going to be the next big thing. And it's like, no, people actively fucking hate this and will like boycott your company because of this. Yeah, I mean, pretty much like everybody on Twitter, like was just over NFTs. I mean, all of the people that I follow or the people that I, you know, try to to read their articles, um, they were all just I'm muting NFTs. I'm tired of talking about NFTs. These things are ridiculous. Ubisoft's ridiculous. Not only are they're the ones that are out of touch. It's not the it's not the gamers. <laughs> the gamers just want their games to stay pure. And like you just keep, you know, trying to find ways to bilk your, you know, heavy can, you know, the, the people who basically keep you in business for as much money as they can. Um, and I, I just hate that. I hate that slimy, grimy feeling. And it just really kind of seems like Ubisoft's kind of leading the charge on this. Um I mean, I know there's other companies that are toying around with this, but it seems like they're the ones that are really just trying to push forward with this. And I just, I want them to stop. Yeah. I'm thinking if like, like everyone must think that like this shit's going to be like the next loot box or something. And they're trying to get in on the ground floor before every game starts doing it. But not every game is doing this. I'm like, every game does not want to do this. Please stop. Yeah, I'm going to start NFTing my farts. I'm just going to like Ooh. NFT this fart, this fart noise, that fart noise. Like nobody's doing that right now. Everybody's doing their voice. Dude, everybody's I... doing pictures. Nobody's doing farts. I'd buy that. <laughs> <laughs> just like the cup. The, I'll just, you know, just the cup fart. You know, here you go. And just... <laughs> yeah, exactly. Dude. Just edit in a whole bunch of fart noises right here. It'd be great. Um, com- comedic gold. 
Um, but yeah, uh, is there anything um, else you wanted to talk to in the the news portion this week, Justin? Uh, not really. I mean, just real quick. It was a. Fi- it, I assumed this was the case at the time and stuff, but it was officially announced that we are getting another Mortal Kombat movie. So wow. I I'm excited. Like as much as people kind of shit on it, I thought you know it was entertaining. It was fun to watch, and you know I definitely would be interested to watch a second one. So. So if they do make a second one, there's a pretty good chance you're going to get to see the tournament, or is this going to be like leading up to the tournament? Like the first was rounding up the people on Earth for the tournament. Now, do you see, do you think it's going to get to the tournament, or do you think we're they're going to do a slow roll like an anime style, and this is going to be like training for the tournament? <laughs> I mean, it's kind of hard because they kind of set up at the end of the first one that they're going to go to what was it Vegas or whatever to go get Johnny Cage. So I assume it's going to kind of be similar to the first one where they're going to have to, the first half of the movie is going to be assembling the team. And then the second half of the movie is going to be like fighting. (laughs) So who do you want to see in this second movie? I think, (laughs) I think like John Cena or someone would be like funny as like Johnny Cage. (laughs) He's not flexible enough, dude. He's got to do the splits. I mean, he could train. He's got time. Dude, get John Claude Van Damme in there. He's cheap. Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> and I don't, like, I don't even because I don't really know like a ton of Mortal Kombat characters. So I don't. I would really like them to bring back fucking Scorpion. Like he was barely in the first one. Mm-hmm. I'm like bring him back as more of like a main role. Like have him actually be like the mentor or like whatever for the second movie that kind of leads the team. Mm-hmm. instead mm-hmm. of raiden or whatever his name is yeah i think they'll like take old Raiden out put new put you like young raiden in it's been such a long time since i've seen that movie i i, I think it didn't it come out like the beginning of like the last year right like it came out in january right i want to say um i was like marsh or something but yeah it came out like towards the beginning of the stuff coming to hbo max and theaters mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I didn't mind it. It was a decent movie. Um, I don't know if I'd pay to go see that in theaters. Like that, I think that's a like straight to VO. That's like a VOD movie right there. Um, oh yeah, no, I wouldn't pay to see it. But if it was on <laughs> HBO Max again, I'd watch it. I've wa- I've watched it like two or three times on HBO Max, so I would definitely no watch really? it. Really? Yeah, <laughs> dude, I love it. Like I've watched Donkey. Uh, I almost said Donkey Kong. <laughs> I've watched a uh, Kong vs Godzilla probably like four or five times. Hmm. But, all right all right so i mean you you're you're down for i'm down the clown <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah i'm not yeah i'm down like i said it's at the low low entry cost of free your boy's mm-hmm. in yeah i mean if it comes out to hbo max again i'll watch it i'm not gonna lie uh, i mean free is a hard price to pass up and it's you know mortal combat i mean it's i think they um, I think they did a pretty good job um, with this reimagining or, you know, remake, whatever you want to call it. Um, I'd be interested to see. It's kind, of, it's kind of a delicate line you have to cross, right? Because if it's video on demand, you're probably not going to get a lot of money for it. And to for what they I want to see them do, it's going to be like a high price tag for graphics and makeup and visual effects. Because uh, a lot of those characters that you want to see... Um, like the insect lady, uh, I, I I haven't played Mortal Kombat since probably Mortal Kombat two. So, you know, I know there's an insect lady that shoots bugs out, and like you know, Melina's in there, and you know, 
all those other like characters that you're probably going to want to, you know, see that are heavy CG characters. Um, you know, it'll be it'll be interesting to see how they walk that line. Well, it's like I know the first movie supposedly did really well at the box office, so I imagine like it will also for a second one would be another theatrical release and i imagine like the budget they could get a little bit higher budget since the first one did so well i don't know i think it was just a weird time i think people you know being stuck in inside and not knowing if they can go out it really kind of aided them a little bit because they were excited people were excited to go out and see movies people were excited to stay home and have new content to watch other than what's on netflix that they've watched like 300 times Um, right they're like you can only watch season five of the office so many times yeah, but there were some there were some bad movies that came out like in the beginning of that year, and uh, like you know the little things. I mean, that had Jared Leto and and Denzel Washington. I was like so excited because that was supposed to be like a triple A like movie title that came out, and that movie was not good. Um, and then you know, we had so, the new Fast and the Furious movie. <laughs> oh God, yeah, that was a. Uh, I mean, going into outer space in a car. Come on, but yeah, I mean, like you know, there there were just movies that. I think they were there. I think the studios just released all their B-roll footage so that, you know, they could make money while the theaters were closed. Um, so, I, you know, it'll be interesting to see with things opening back up and COVID regulations lessening if uh, it's still as successful of a franchise. Right. But I'll keep my fingers crossed for him. Go Mortal Kombat. So um, you want to get into uh, what we've been playing? Yeah, I, I'm actually really excited to hear what you've been playing because I know you've been playing some uh, Pokemon Legends Arceus. Yes, um, thank you for pronouncing that for me because I probably would have just hammered that name. Um, but yeah, that game is consuming my entire video gaming life right now. Um, I was playing uh, Ease uh, Monstrum's Knox, uh, which was... Uh, <laughs> Now there's a name, <laughs> yeah, uh, which was a, a, you know, it's an RG, a JRPG that um, I did like playing um, and was taking up quite a bit of time. But this game came along and just drop kicked that one right off of my Nintendo Switch. Um, so Pokemon Legends basically starts you off. Um, you're a person who falls out of a mysterious portal in the sky. You land on a beach. You don't know who you are or why you're there. Um, and a professor. Um, you know, shows up and uh, is like, oh, dude, you just fell from the sky. Uh, this is weird. Uh, you should probably get off the beach um, because Pokemon here are wild. And um, we're really afraid of them because, you know, they're we don't know how they act. We don't know anything about them. We don't know which ones are aggressive. We don't know which ones are cool. Uh, so do you have a place to go? Do you know where you need to go? And you're just like, I don't know. And then he's like, OK, well, come with, come with me then. Um you go through a quick tutorial in the beginning of how to throw your pokeballs, how to um, sneak up, um, how to use tall grass um, to catch the Pokemons that you uh, encounter. And then um, you're taken into a village. Um, it is in the beginning. I would say it is pretty wordy. Um, there's a lot of, uh, you know, walking you through um, the, the mechanics, uh, the building, the story and the, uh, you know, then letting you out, um, into the, into the world to kind of start exploring. Now there are, um, I probably want to say there's probably like five or six different regions on the map that you're going to go to throughout the game. Um, 
But right out the gate, they um, they teach you, hey, this is one of those games where um, you're going to craft the stuff that you want. Um, you can buy Pokeballs um, when you go to the village. But for the most part, if you're out in the wild, you can find a lot of stuff out there and they give you a crafting cable like right off the bat. So you're like, OK, cool. Like I can just craft my Pokeballs out in the wild, like on the fly. Um, so you're right away. You're just like, wow, this is this is pretty cool. Um, the to catch the Pokemon, um, you don't have to, um, you know, fight them and, and do your typical habits of getting them, you know, beating them up and getting them low on health and then trying to catch them. You can sneak up in the bushes and like throw out a berry and then they'll get attracted to the berry. And then you can like throw a ball at him and like peg him in the head. Um, you know, and usually if you're behind him, you get a bonus for uh, like a sneak uh, catching him, which is cool. Um, and what you do is you get this book. And basically what you are is you're part, part of this Explorers Guild who um basically is in charge of finding out as much information as you can about the Pokemon. So each Pokemon that you encounter in your, uh, in your book is going to have uh, a set of challenges that you have to complete. So usually it's like, you know, catch 25 Pokemon uh, of this type, right? So you get, there's um, tiers. So like the first one is catch one of them, catch two of them, catch five of them, catch 10 of them. Then it, you know, it goes up to there all the way up to 25. And then it's, you know, with some of them, it's they want to see specific attacks a, a number of times or they want to see you evolve them. They want to see what the evolved versions are. Sometimes you have to catch a male and a female version, but there's a whole bunch of different challenges for each Pokemon lined up. Um, so right there, there's a pretty good amount of time and it doesn't feel um, arduous. You know, it doesn't feel like it's like a busy work. Like you can, because you're always going around and you're always like exploring grabbing materials, checking out to see if there's new Pokemon. You're like, oh, I haven't gone over to this side of the map yet. Let me go over there. And the funny thing is, is there are these things called alpha Pokemon. So they're like Pokemon, but they're bigger and they have these glowing red eyes and they're usually like higher level Pokemon. So they're probably, they start at like level 45 in like the beginning region. So it's pretty funny to watch on Twitter because people are throwing up their like initial like battles with some of these alpha Pokemon. And there's one with a snor a Snorlax where he has a uh, this mega laser ability. And uh, this dude throws out an Oshawa that's maybe like level 10. And he goes <laughs> up against this level 45 Snorlax and the Snorlax looks down at him and like opens his mouth and just this huge laser comes out and just dusts the Oshawa like there's like nothing left. <laughs> and I was just like, oh, snap. <laughs> um so it creates some funny moments like that. Um, but your Pokemon that you have in your in your hand, uh, in your in your collection, <laughs> in your they're pretty much um, they're pretty much used as defense. Right. So some Pokemon are aggressive and if they see you, they'll charge you. You do have a dodge ability that you can use to jump out of the way. And then usually what you have to do is you either have to run away from the Pokemon if you don't want to fight it. Or you throw your Pokeball at it, and if you it lands anywhere near them, it'll start a traditional encounter. Now, like before, you used to have like a pretty long um, time between like when you actually encountered a Pokemon and then when the battle started. This one seems pretty seamless. Like you throw the ball, it lands, Pokemon jumps out, boom, battle starts. Like you are like right at the fight menu, like ready to go. So it they've. In decrease the amount of time you're waiting around like the load times between sections they aren't that bad 
but you know they're still there um but the game is to me it's beautiful the colors are vibrant um there is a day and a nighttime and certain pokemon do come out at night uh they you know as opposed to the daytime and vice versa um there are um outposts that you crew that you create um along the way that um make fast travel a lot more possible and easier um it's pretty easy to navigate those menus too. So, you know, basically you just hit the minus button on the switch and your uh, screen will open up and then you just hit X and then it'll just drop down a list of like all the places that you can, you can fast travel to. So it's not like you can only go to certain ones that you've, um, you know, that are in a certain vicinity. You can just like jump all over the place and just go everywhere. So they make it pretty easy to catch all the Pokemon that you want um to do you know to knock out those challenges and then you have people in the village that are like oh you know i know we're supposed to be scared of these pokemon but some of these pokemon don't really seem that aggressive and i would like to touch a pokemon or see a pokemon can you like bring me um this pokemon or can you you know show me them and like those challenges are pretty quick and cool um they make it really easy to um kind of understand like the layout of your village um, there's a pasture in the village that holds on to all your Pokemon. So if you've caught like 25 Starlies, like they're all going to be in that little farm there. Um, it's really easy to navigate through and like see where they all are. So if you need to grab one, um, you can, you know, just grab one real quick from there and like walk over and complete a quest. So uh, they've done a lot of quality of life improvements that I like. Um, you don't have to uh, go to um, like a Pokemart or Pokestop to um, recharge your Pokemon's abilities. Every time you go back to the main village, they basically just get all of their um, skill points back, which is pretty cool. Um, so I'm having a lot of fun with that game. It's consuming a lot of my time. And I have that problem where like, I'm like, oh, I'm just going to drop in here for like an hour. And then I look up at the clock and it's like three hours have gone by. And I'm like, fuck, I got to go to sleep. <laughs> so, um, so yeah. So it- is it necessary to catch like is it necessary to catch 25 starlies like is that a mission where it's like catch 40 badoof or something like that it's uh it's well they have certain people in your village that are like i want to see the completed page of like all the all the the quests that you have for um a starly so like there are those people that do want to see that and they do have rewards but the rewards are just like you know three berries or whatever and you're just like <laughs> I think I'll, you know, there's enough game here to where I'll probably complete these tasks just going through the game by myself. Naturally. So, yeah. like, I'm not going to grind right now because there's so much more game that I want to play. Um, that's also one of the other things. I've heard kind of mixed things about, like, the world and stuff that some people wish there was kind of, like, more to do walking around mm-hmm. and stuff. Do you feel like that? Or do you think that there's, like, a lot of people said that it feels kind of empty in like some parts and stuff that they kind of wish that there was more kind of going on. There is a lot of space uh, in the beginning um, because um, there are mounts that you can, um, that you can acquire. Like, you know, there are things that will help you swim in the water and uh, things that will help you traverse going over land a lot faster, but you don't get those until maybe like an hour or two into the game, depending on how aggressive you're following the story. Um, you know, I kind of dilly dallied, like I just wanted to like walk around and see what the map had to offer. And yeah, I can see how, if you're not into crafting and collecting that it could get boring. Um, there is a story there, um, you know, that you are trying to figure out like 
a why there's this big portal in the middle of uh, on the top of this mountain that's like a shooting lightning and b dropping things out of the sky <laughs> um but you know that's kind of you know if you follow that story i'm pretty sure you can get through the game and there would be more for you to do but like if you want to collect everything and you want to knock out all of those lists and all of those objectives it's gonna you know i i think you could have fun like you just have to know what you're getting into it's like breath of the wild but like instead of attacking with swords you're basically throwing pokemon out and like letting them do your battling but you know world traversal is pretty much all the same i mean you're just walking around uh collecting berries wood materials to make better pokeballs and then um using them to catch stronger better pokemon all right but yeah i mean i i i think this is this game is right up your alley like i think you, oh yeah no you... i'm definitely excited i've been excited to play it and i do want to play it i just haven't had time yet but i'm mm-hmm. excited to hear that it's good though yeah, it's 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 solid. It's the Pokemon game that I would have wanted from the get go. Like, I mean, the the next natural evolution of the series, I think, is this is a great starting point for them. Yeah, I think there's there is room for improvement. I've heard a lot of people complain about the graphics, um, and I I see some of those complaints. Um, you know, there have been some spots where some of the Pokemon act weird, um, or you know, they're just too big to do to have like the accurate movements that they need. I mean, it is pretty funny to see like real size specific Pokemon, like, you know, a Kirkatot or the, the Kirkarot or whatever it is, that yeah. giant cricket thing. I mean, they stand at eight feet, two inches tall. Right. So like when they're, <laughs> when they're walking around the world, I mean, like they do, like they are taller than you. Like they are bigger. Um, when you catch the alpha Pokemon, they are visibly bigger than the other Pokemon that you would catch. Um, and it is cool to have them like running around with you. Uh, so, you know, there are like some pretty cool, uh, moments, uh, but it is pretty easy to drown. Um, you know, especially if you're riding a mount and you just like jump right off a cliff, um, you will pass out, uh, or crash or drown. Um, I was like, I've also heard complaints about the graphics and stuff, but it's one of those things where, you know, I mean, the switch is going to be five in March. <laughs> Mm-hmm. So the fact that, you know, it's even looks as nice as it is running on like five year old hardware. Like, you know, I was like, whenever Nintendo releases their next console or whatever, you know, I'm sure everything will get that graphic update and stuff. But you're basically playing next gen games on whatever Nintendo's last gen was. Yeah, I mean, uh it's a Pokemon game. I'm not expecting like this huge graphical powerhouse of a game. Right. I mean, yeah. like it's, I mean, this is exactly what I was expecting for graphics. I mean, there are a couple spots where like your character seems to not be like truly finished or the shading just makes it look like you're bleeding all over the place. But um, yeah, it's, it's fine. It's, it's, I, I'm, I'm going to be happy playing this game for a while. But um, but that's all I've been playing this week. Uh, Justin, what have you been playing this week? So based off, if you uh, are just now tuning in and didn't listen to the beginning of the podcast, it's been quite the week, so I didn't get to play <laughs> too, too much. But I did. So um, today, actually, uh, the um, PSX demake of Bloodborne came out. Hmm. So uh, a little team actually like redid 
Bloodborne, but in PlayStation 1 graphics with the sound effects and stuff. It's not the full game. It ends at um, the old hunter, which is like the first like real big boss for Bloodborne. But it, there's like, I think probably a couple, like I'd say it's like probably a couple hours long, like maybe two hours worth of gameplay or so like in it. I haven't gotten super duper far in it, but dude, it is fucking hilarious. It's been a minute since I've played Bloodborne too. I was like sitting there like, dude, I was like, what the fuck do I need to do? But <laughs> I mean, they did a really great job. Like it looks like a PS1 game. Like when the game boots up, it does the old orange like triangle like sony logo with the sound effect and the old playstation like icon and everything and then instead of from software um when the logo comes up it says fan software and stuff and like the sound effects and stuff sounds like it's straight up out of like silent hill or resident evil one and just like the different noises you make and stuff and like hitting things like you you hit a box and it like explodes into triangles and stuff like some like (laughs) crash bandicoot looking shit it's so good Um, so it's got that it's got that um like final fantasy 7 like touch to it oh yeah yeah for sure (laughs) like yeah everything's jagged and uh you know but it it looks as far but as far as like the game itself it matches bloodborne pretty much exactly the level design like the like stuff everything looks great but it's also done very much like it was designed intentionally to look like a PlayStation like one game and act like a PlayStation one game. So for instance, when I say that like the game technically runs at 60 frames per second, but they've actually throttled the game down to like 20 frames a second in some parts (laughs) to make it like they intentionally added lag into the game and stuff like in certain parts, like they made it like the frame rate just tank and shit randomly to give it that like authentic experience and stuff. And like, it has like, the C like the CRTV like lines and stuff on the screen. And there's like parts where it's like when you're like you control the camera with the um the trigger buttons. Like the I was using a Xbox controller playing it on the computer and stuff, but I was using the uh the triggers rotate the camera and stuff, like old school like 3D like running around PlayStation games and stuff. And it's funny, like when you get to a door that's locked and stuff, you can like rotate the camera behind the door. And like <laughs> part like part of your like player objects like kind of like you know clipping through the door and stuff like old games is they did such a good job at like <laughs> nailing that aspect of that era and stuff of those style of games. So that's awesome. Yeah, so you can now it's completely free. It's on itch.io. If you just look up Bloodborne PSX or whatever, you know, you'll find it. It's really cool. I hope they continue working on it and add more to the game. Which it's funny too, when it launched this morning on Twitter, uh, someone took a screenshot, like one of the people that worked on the game took a screenshot of Twitch and they're like, holy shit, guys. And for Bloodborne, people playing Twitch like this morning on it was like, yeah, it was like 746 people playing Bloodborne. People playing the Bloodborne PSX D make, it was like 23,000 people (laughs) were streaming playing it. (laughs) And I was like, that's funny. Yeah, everybody um, wants the dumbed down version it's it's cool uh, yes yeah, the new the new hotness mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh and then the only other thing which i've been playing is Yu-Gi-Oh! master duel came out mm-hmm. uh me and uh mike miller i believe are the only two people who were excited for this but konami kind of stealth released it um out there and it's actually on switch as well as like pc and stuff which i'm like all right sign me up it's so it's completely free it's basically Yu-Gi-Oh's version of arena mm-hmm. and it's interesting because it actually does a lot of things better than arena 
mm-hmm. which a lot of people have been complaining on Twitter since it came out. Like, they're like, dude, how is it that Yu-Gi-Oh managed to do this yet Arena can't? Like, I don't understand. Like, <laughs> like it's very free to play, like friendly. Like, it's not like saying that like, you don't feel like, oh God, I need to spend a bunch of money to open packs and stuff. You kind of naturally earn gems or whatever to open the packs and stuff. And what's really nice and what, you know, magic doesn't really have is you can convert your, if you get, cause you can only have three of one card in a deck. And so you'll really only need three copies, like having more than three copies, like doesn't make, you know, really any sense, but, uh, you know, you can convert your old cards into new actual, like cards and stuff. So if you have a bunch of like, you have five super rares or whatever, like you only need three, you can convert two of those cards. So then you can get like two super rares, like super rare materials or whatever back. So then you can like actually craft more cards that you actually need or want and stuff, which is really cool. And it has a single player, like little camp. It's like pretty short. Same with like arena or whatever, where, you know, it's, it kind of teaches you some of the base mechanics and stuff. And you actually earn some pretty good cards, like some staples like monster reborn and, um, Brugeki, like some really good cards and stuff that you're going to want earlier on. And it doesn't okay. If teach like it, they're basically assuming you kind of know how to play Yu-Gi-Oh! Like it does have like a little tutorial and stuff. And then like, as you go through the solo mode, it's like, Oh, this is how you pendulum summon, or this is how you synchro summon or X, Y, Z and whatever. And it's not super extensive. So it's kind of thinking that like, all right, like if you're playing this, you obviously have like some kind of idea as to how to play Yu-Gi-Oh. But I like it. Like it runs pretty well on the switch and stuff like the load times, like initially starting up kind of take a minute, but like actually like loading into like a match or like whatever is pretty quick on it. Um, Mm -hmm. my, My one real complaint about it that I don't like is the fact that you have to use the D pad buttons. Um, you, it does not use the left analog stick for like selecting stuff. You have to use the buttons, which is all right. It's just, I fucking hate the D pad on the switch, like on the joy cons. So if I was playing with like docked with a pro controller or whatever, it probably wouldn't bother me as much, but playing in handheld mode, having to do that, I'm like, why couldn't you just make an option to also use the stick? Like I'd really just like to use the stick. (laughs) now like the bummer about it is though that it's it's online only right because i mean you're playing against other people so like when you were driving were you using your phone as a hotspot so you could play against people no so i was (laughs) the Yu-Gi-Oh game i was playing on the road was the other one the legacy of the duelist one yeah unfortunately because it is like arena and stuff it you always have to have an internet connection and there's been times where at night like i've been playing it on this like i'd be in the middle just doing this even the solo mode stuff like i'd just be doing like a match or whatever and then i'd get tired or fall asleep or whatever and then like turn the switch off and go to bed but then wake up and you know the game's suspended and go to finish the duel and everything still would work and it's like okay cool like you know i'm still in the middle of this but then i'd finish the duel and then it's like a connection error, like after I beat the duel and then it didn't save it and basically it reboots the game and I have to do the duel all over again because oh, it was in the middle of like online and then it obviously like disconnected or whatever. So that is kind of the shitty downside is, you know, it is an online game. You have to be connected to the Internet at all times, basically to play it, even if you are doing 
solo mode stuff like that like it needs to reconnect with the server or whatever to progress mm-hmm. but so now if there was a Yu-Gi-Oh game that I wanted to get in on like because I've never played Yu-Gi-Oh but like the, I mean I watched the anime and you know I, I think it would be a fun card game to play um what would be a good entry level like Yu-Gi-Oh game so for someone who's like never played like I would Legacy of the Duelist is the one that's on the Switch where it's not online. I mean you can play versus people and stuff, but it has like where you play through like all of the different animes and it has like all the cards up through uh V Reigns or whatever, which was the newest one at the time and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So it has the majority of the cards in it and stuff like that. Um I would definitely like recommend that because my so the thing for me too is i i fucking hate like a lot of the new mechanics in Yu-Gi-Oh, like the synchro summoning the xyz bullshit the pendulum stuff like that shit's like beyond me like i do it to a point in the game <laughs> but that's the thing like most of the modern like actual competitive decks and stuff in Yu-Gi-Oh now like that's all those decks are like is heavily reliant on like you have to do that or you will just get your ass kicked basically like there's no two ways about it like the best decks in the format right now are decks that are like it does that where you special summon like 15 monsters on turn one and you have to do that otherwise you were gonna lose and that's like half your deck is doing that and then the other half is what are called hand trap cards which are basically cards that are in your hands that like you can like discard or do whatever to like negate shit that your opponent's doing by like they're trying to special summon a bunch of shit and you're like nope and like cancel it (laughs) out and that's basically the meta is you have to have decks like that to be competitive otherwise literally people in the reviews for steam and stuff people were bitching they're like yeah they're like the games looks pretty cool and stuff it just sucks that you know i lose to my opponent on turn one because he special summons a bunch of shit and it's like well i guess i'm dead and that's just kind of what Yu-Gi-Oh has become, which I prefer the older days of Yu-Gi-Oh before all of that and stuff. When it was like the, I place one card face down, place these two cards face down in my turn, where now it's literally, I'm going to special summon this monster to special summon this monster. And then these two monsters are going to synchro summon into this thing. And then I do this. And then this lets me summon this from my hand. And then I can play this from my graveyard now because I special summon this to now link summon these together to summon this. And it's just like, dude, it's so much. And a lot of like the turn count went from like your opponent taking like a 30 second turn to you're literally sitting there for like three minutes. And even in the Legacy of the Duelist game, that happens against the computer all the time on the Switch. Sometimes it'll like seem like the game's frozen and it's just the computer <laughs> thinking about what they're going to do. And I'll just have Twitter open on my phone. I'm like, yeah, dude, they're about to like synchro summon like five fucking things here. <laughs> and I got like two minutes to kill while the computer figures out what the fuck it's going to do as it special summons like half its deck right now. <laughs> that I, that does not make me want to play those games. Like it, it actually takes me out of planning to play those games. Well, and see, that's the thing. Like as much like I much prefer Matt. Like Magic's a much slower game in that regard and stuff which is why i kind of prefer it because it doesn't have what i consider a bunch of bullshit mechanics like Yu-Gi-Oh with the synchro summoning and the whatever like i said that's what killed Yu-Gi-Oh for me and that's why i quit playing because that's like what it became and i'm like i don't like this at all so i just prefer so now that's why i play legacy of the duels because i just play computers i don't need the synchro summon i don't need the whatever and i can just build older bullshit decks and just win and just call it a day 
just bring out your blue eyes white dragon and be like oh there's my boy <laughs> yeah pretty much uh but then i build my own like turn one like exodia decks where it's like 80 <laughs> percent like banned cards and i'm just like it can win on turn one and i'm like ah oh, yes <laughs> i'm like the good old days I'm like, this is a turn one win that I can accept, where you just draw out your entire deck and get all the Exodia pieces. I'm like, yep. Good, good, nice. Deep cuts for those people who watch Yu-Gi-Oh! anime. Um, but yeah, um, I guess that's all we've been playing. Um, I do hear the uh, the sirens of war, uh, which means that it is time for... Spoilers! Um... So, um, the only things I really got to watch this week were, um, Kung Fu Pandas one, two, and three. Um, (laughs) so, uh, Justin, I will turn it over to you. Um, actually I take that back. I did get to watch a lot of attack on Titan. Um, Yeah. So what do you, so you told me, I, I was, let me preface this. I was very excited when Shannon told me that he started watching anime again. He's like, Oh dude, I've been watching attack on Titan. And I was like, cause the final season's going on right now Mm -hmm. and it's been fire. And then Shannon's like, yeah, I'm behind. So I'm thinking like, all right, you know, maybe he like watched the first episode or whatever of like the part two of the new season, whatever. And he's like, yeah, I'm basically on like, like three or four episodes in the season three. And I'm like, that's not even like the final season. I'm like, you haven't even gotten to like the super crazy shit that's going on right now. So I'm like, God damn it, Shannon. Yeah, I know, dude. Like I, I just got to the spot uh, since this is a spoiler zone. Um, be ready for spoilers. I just got to the spot where like Aaron found out that, um, you know, there are special abilities and the uh, the rice chick, um, she was supposed to eat him to like get the uh, the main like primary ability to control other uh, historia. Titans. Yeah. And uh, then the dad, uh, she went against her dad and her dad turned into that big like mutated one without the face and the stomach. <laughs> and it crawled up the side of the uh, the the the. the um, the place and then Aaron slammed a bunch of dynamite into his uh, mouth and like blew the whole thing up. And then uh, Historia basically cut her dad in half. <laughs> um, so that's pretty much like where I where I've caught up to. Um, but I mean, I did get the uh, the Crunchyroll app um, and I did pay for the subscription so I could watch it without um, commercials, because let me tell you that Crunchyroll app with those commercials it is almost unwatchable unless you get the subscription. Um, and it's so janky on your phone too, until you get that subscription. Like, um, I can't tell you how many times I watched the intro, uh, and then it went to a commercial and then I had to rewatch the intro and then, so I was just like, dude, whatever. Um, so I mean, I was on the treadmill at the gym and I was just doing like a 20 minute warm up and I did not even get to the episode. Like I, that's how many times I watched the intro with commercials. Now um, I'm assuming, do you watch it dubbed or subbed? No, I watch it dubbed. So, um, you know, I get all the over dramatic, uh, things, but you know, everybody says that like in like Aaron's character in the like second season, he was pretty much just like a whiny, um, you know, typical anime, like, oh, woe is me character. And then in the third season, he bucks up. But it kind of seems to me like right now in the third season, he's still the woe is me. Like, uh, you know, why is everybody dying for me? Like, I'm worthless. And, you know, he's I think he's starting to get the idea that he's not like, you know, like it's there's a bigger picture there. And I think he's starting to go along with it. But yeah, yeah. I, I will tell you right now. Yeah, seasons one through three of Attack on Titan, Aaron is one of the most annoying characters <laughs> in the entire show because he is the like, 
I'm like, how can you be such a badass and yet be the biggest bitch at the same time all the time? Like he constantly is fucking crying. And I'm like, dude, just shut up and transform into a Titan and do something. <laughs> like, why are you crying? And he's like that seasons one through three, littlest bitch. And then you get to season four, which is the final <laughs> season that's going on right now, where it does the time jump. And let me tell you, the time jump did wonders for Aaron because now he's like sexy papa looking Aaron <laughs> with like the eight pack. And now he's like, yeah, I don't fucking care. And I will kill fucking anybody who gets in my way. And because I am like a god amongst these people. And I'm like, yes, that is the Aaron <laughs> that I've needed in my life this entire time. Yeah, I know. Like they're sitting there on the wall, and they're tar- they're starting to get everything together, and they're they're wrangling up like the dynamite to put in this pack. And like everybody's like, "Dude, like, get out of your own head. Just do do the task that you're supposed to do. You're supposed to be getting this this gunpowder together." And he turns around and he looks at them for a second, and then he looks back and he just starts punching himself in the face. And everybody's like, "Dude, what are you doing?" Like, <laughs> you know. And I'm just like, "Bro, like, you need to take it down like three or four notches here." Dude, I will tell you though the the these say like see like season one of attack on titan like great season two really slow like it was it was all right picks up towards the end but it was like mm-hmm. really slow. three though three starts out if i remember like three is really good and like levi levi is like the savior for three like levi has like mm-hmm. some amazing because i'm trying to remember in three is three the one with the uh there's like the white cowboy looking dudes and shit where they're basically mm-hmm. fighting humans and shit yeah that mm-hmm. shit in the fucking bar when they're like zip lining like fucking tables and shit and like running around like killing each other and like shooting guns and stuff. I'm like, yes. I'm like, this <laughs> is dope. I'm like, I, I've been waiting. Levi's just like fucking murking people like in the bar. I'm like, yes. Yeah. When he uh, when he does that whole chase scene, I was like, uh, yeah, that's they, that's pretty dope. They um, stepped up the animation in three. Yeah. Uh, and especially when those dudes were just like just murking people in the face with those like shotgun things like people's like heads were just exploding left and right i was like and you know it starts on the roof too when levi's like oh crap like there's somebody behind us and that chick that he's with that's you know you think is probably going to be there for a little bit like she turns around she's just like uh and like all of a sudden her face (laughs) is gone and you're just like oh (laughs) i thought wrong about that character um but yeah, it's uh, I do like the fact like for a while there, it was like the walking dead, right? Like it was like, don't get used to any of these people because they're just going to they're, they're they're all expendable. Um, and then, you know, I think uh, that unpredictability was what got me through season one. Season two was great, but there was a there was a lot of talking. There was a lot of backstory. Mm-hmm. And um you know, they're the armored tight, the whole like deal with the armored Titan. And then, you know, being in like the forest and waiting for nighttime, like that whole like area just kind of, I felt like it went on for a lot longer than it was supposed to. Yeah. It drags and, on. And then I don't know if there was a gap, like, I don't know if Crunchyroll forgot to add like a certain number of episodes, but it seems like from the end of season episode or season two to the beginning of season three, it's like, they rescue Aaron and um, season two ends and then season three starts and they're in a house with Levi and he's their new uh, commander. And like, they're like hiding out in the, in this village or in this, in this little house. And he's kind of like training them and like, you know, they're cleaning and, you know, he's like watching them clean and he's telling them that they should be better. Like, I was like, did I miss something? It just kind of seems like there was a lot that happened there that like, you don't really know. Um, so I don't know if I missed a couple episodes, if that was just on Crunchyroll or if there was actually more there. Yeah, I'm trying to remember. And it's like, 
I, because it's like, it all kind of blurs together for me. And that's why it's like, I don't want to say anything because I don't know, <laughs> like, like where season two and like what exactly blends in the season three. Cause it's like, I kind of remember where I think season three ends. And then, like I said, beginning of season four is where it does like the, I don't remember how many years. It's like a five year, like time jump or something like that between three and four. And then well, I, I'm so excited for you to get the season four because <laughs> there's like a point where it just like hits and then it's like you're like, oh, like shit is not going to end well for everybody. <laughs> yeah, I've seen um, because like, you know, Facebook is always listening to me. Um, they keep throwing up like these still shots from like the final season. Mm-hmm. And like right now, there's just like a picture of this chick with like a really big gun. And like she's shooting somebody and it's like a, just a black like silhouetted shot with somebody's head flying off. And I'm like, oh, dude, like, please tell me that's not like, I, I don't, I no, I don't want to see this anymore. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, um, yeah, I, I'm like, yeah, dude, there's 59, like 59, episode 59 and season three. So I have about 12 episodes to get to the end of season three before I can start four. Because yeah, right now I want to say they're on... Well, and it's probably going to be a minute before I think I think they're like doing some of it, you know, in English and stuff. But I always watch it in the Japanese mm-hmm. and stuff. But yeah, right now they're on, I want to say, episode like 80, something like that is like. the Yeah, 79 uh, is the most. 79. Yeah, there we go. But yeah, it'll be uh, it'll be I, I should be caught up probably by the beginning of next week because like pro- pretty much from like Wednesday on is my binge time yeah i still have to watch uh i haven't watched any of the new season of demon slayer yeah demon slayer is on my list um i gotta catch up on my hero academia i've also got um dr stone on my list of uh anime to watch dude dr stone's really good i do love dr uh, stone yeah uh jujutsu uh kaisen another one yeah all right i'll tell you okay so i will tell you right now like I would say after you're caught up on Attack on Titan, mm-hmm. I was like, fuck everything else. You watch Juju Kaisen. It is amazing. <laughs> okay. It is like Shonen. It is literally the star of Shonen Jump right now. It is like, like Yu Yu Hakusho, like that era of just like badass like characters, like dope fighting. Like it has, it has the entire package. It's great. Nice. I like it. I'm going for it. Um, but yeah, that's been uh, that's been our anime hour, Zach. Um, if you're still listening, thanks for uh, sticking through it. I know it was rough, but um, let's get into some Peacemaker. Um, I do not care about spoilers. Um, I want to hear you talk about um, what's coming up in Peacemaker for me. All right, so you've seen up through episode three, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, episode we're up to episodes four and five. Um, so. We've kind of found out like the butterflies are called butterflies because they're actual little butterfly things and they burrow into people. They've kind of like buried themselves into like Congress people, like celebrities, like people in power and stuff. They've kind of assimilated and like we still don't really know 100 percent about the butterflies. Like we know it's basically being implied that they're they're not bad, but like I don't know they don't seem good either so we still don't really know what the objective is of the butterflies like 
you know, John Cena is a part of this task mission and stuff that they're sent to kind of stop this invasion of the butterflies. But, you know, it's been heavily hinted at that, you know, they're not necessarily bad, but, you know, we don't really know what it is they're trying to do. And then we found out, we end up finding out that in John Cena's little squad, the, um, I'm trying to remember what the hell his name is, Murr? I think his name is the the black guy who's like in charge mm-hmm. of his squad. He's a butterfly. Hmm. So he's bad. And like at the very end of the last episode, the black chick who's on the team, who's um, w- Amanda Waller's daughter, she found out that he's a butterfly because John Cena had this little, his helmet, he was wearing one that had x-ray vision. And so you could see the butterflies like in their head. So he was just gunning people down and stuff. And at the very end, she like picks up his helmet and tries it on and it has x-ray vision. She's like, whoa, like look at her hands. And so she's like, this is so crazy. And she's like, Murray, you got to check this out. And then turns and sees the butterfly and she screams. And then he like knows that she knows. And then he like chases her down. And that's kind of like where episode five or whatever ends. So we don't really know what's going to happen with that. But they keep saying, I don't think he's going to kill her. Like, so I don't really know what's going to end up happening there. But yeah, it's it's kind of weird. Uh, I mean, like he's a butterfly, but he's killing other butterflies. Or he's yeah, exactly. So that's why it's like I don't. Which I don't know if he's just doing it because it's kind of what he has to do to like blend in, like you know, with society. Like he's going about looking like he's trying to do the mission and stuff, but really he's like a butterfly in disguise trying to have some other little side mission thing. Uh, but the the humor's been great. Like vigilante, dude, just. Vigilante and uh, John Cena together are just hilarious. Like, I love the two of them. Uh, There's this, like, one part where, like, Vigilante has a, like, they go to team. They're like, all right, they're going to raid this warehouse or whatever where the butterflies are, like, creating their food and stuff. And Vigilante has this, like, chainsaw. And they're like, dude, you're not fucking bringing that in. And he's, like, sitting there. He's like, what? He's like, I brought this all the way here, man. He's like, you know, he's like, walk in. Like, no, you can't just bring that in there, man. He's like come on man he's like he's like no he's like i haven't killed anybody with this chainsaw man i want to kill somebody with a chainsaw and they're like you're not bringing it in he's like leave it in the truck and he's like god damn it and so <laughs> they go in there and there ends up being like a gorilla that got taken over by like a butterfly so it's like insanely strong and the dude with glasses who's kind of like their tech like in the van guy um ends up coming in and saving them and he takes the chainsaw and chainsaws like the gorilla through the chest <laughs> and vigilante's like that motherfucker stole my thunder he's like 40 <laughs> minutes ago i said wouldn't it be cool to kill someone with the chainsaw and then he comes in with my chainsaw and kills something and a gorilla at that <laughs> but it's so good and then i love john cena's like dad and stuff which you know they framed his dad and he's been in prison mm-hmm. and stuff and like the one chick puts it in vigilante's head that john cena would be better off if his dad was dead so like vigilante like go, like ends up committing a crime to get himself into prison so that he can kill John <laughs> Cena's dad, and he basically like eggs on these like white supremacist fucking people to like attack him. Like he's like sitting there like he's like oh you he's like you sister fucking pricks he's like what's your favorite Tyler Perry movie huh like just egging <laughs> him on and then they like fight him and he like fucking like breaks their arms and stuff and beats them and John Cena's dad's like uh he's like who are you? And he's like, you're a bad father. And he's like, guards. <laughs> he's like, you know, he's like, this dude's crazy. 
He's like, he's going to kill me. But it's been great. There's only three episodes left, which is sad, but you know, it's been good. Like I was telling Shannon before the podcast, I'm hoping that with the success of this show that they give James Gunn more to do. I think he could do a really good job with the Harley Quinn show. Like, I think that would be really interesting. Or, you know, if they just wanted to even just give him some like other random D list DC characters that nobody knows. And, you know, he could do a show about them and probably make it entertaining. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm, I think he's proven that he's got the chops to do these uh, episodic, you know, shows. So I would like to see what they throw his way next. But um, so it sounds to me like you're you're still stoked to watch Peacemaker every week. Oh, yeah. No, it's funny because uh, <laughs> um, I was watching. the. I was like, oh, dude, I haven't watched the new Peacemaker episode. So I had it on in the living room and Megan was watching it and she hasn't watched any of the other episodes. I've kind of told her about it. But mm-hmm. so as we're watching the episode, I'm having to kind of back explain like what's happening and stuff. So she understands. And after the episode's over, she looks at me. She's like, uh, uh, well, she's like, oh, do we have the next one? And I was like, well, no, that's it. I'm like, the next one comes out Thursday. Or, and she's like, oh, and I'm like, you want me to put on episode one? And she's like, yeah, <laughs> so that, like restarted it from the beginning or whatever. So she could watch it. Nice. Nice. I uh, I got to watch uh, the book of Boba Fett um, on Friday with my girlfriend. So and, I've uh, heard a lot of good things. It's like, I've heard a lot of th- good things about the new episode. So the new episode was essentially uh, the Mandalorian. Uh, so there, it, there was no Boba Fett in it at all from beginning of credit sequence to the end. There was no Boba Fett. Um, so it was all the Mandalorian and he's kicking ass uh, with the, with the dark saber. Um, he, uh, injures himself with the dark with the dark saber <laughs> i mean he does the equivalent of stabbing uh, of shooting yourself in the foot with a gun he basically stabs himself in the leg with the dark saber and like he's just like uh yeah i'm hurt now this hurts really bad like i need to i need to figure out what's going on uh and get healed and uh, he's on this like halo type ring that's like around the planet and um he's uh he makes his way into this little underground passage after turning in the bounty and you find the um the blacksmith um in the mandalorian um she's down on underneath the city like just hanging out like on the bottom of it and there's one other uh mandalorian uh like blue armored like brute guy who's down there with her like they're the last of the mandalorians he shows up she's like oh you're back um and he's like, yeah, uh, I'm here. Uh, what are we going to do? And she was like, well, um, why don't you tell me how you got that sword? Because like, if you got that sword through battle, um, you uh, rightfully own that sword. If you got it through other nefarious ways, you've basically cursed like our, our, you know, uh, our people um, by, you know, doing this, uh, by, by gathering this weapon in such a way. And he's like, no, he's like, I killed the dude who had this. Like, we, I bested him in combat. It's rightfully mine. And she's like, okay, well, let's get you fixed up. So they heal his leg. And then she's like, tell me a little bit about that uh, spear that you have, the best, the Beskar spear. And he's like, oh, yeah. He's like, I got this as like a payment. And she was like, you're not allowed to have that weapon. 
And he goes, why? And she goes, because that's the only weapon that can penetrate our armor. And you basically are just carrying it around. So if somebody else was to kill you and take that, they have a way to kill us. And he's like, okay, fine, cool. Um, well, then melt it down. And she's like, uh, all right. And he's like, well, what do you want? To, what do you want to melt it down to? What do you want to turn it into? And he said, uh, I want to make it a gift for a foundling. Uh, so basically, he's like, the, you know, the next person who comes in, I want you to make a piece of armor for them. And he was like, she's like, okay, cool. And he's like, no, no, no. I want it to be made for a small foundling. So basically just being <laughs> like, I want, I want to make it for Grogu. <laughs> um, and so she's like, uh, okay, like, cool. I guess I'll do this for you. Like this one, this one favor. And so she makes it, gives him the, like, the little package. And like, she's like, okay, well now we need to train you apparently to use this sword because you basically keep harming yourself with it every time you use it to defend yourself. And so she's like, you know, teaching him how to use the dark saber. And he's like, it's so heavy. And she's like, yeah, because you're fighting against the sword. You shouldn't be fighting against it. You should be fighting with it. And she's like, you know, so he's, he's going through this training montage and the other dude, um, the big blue dude, he's like, uh, you know, I challenge you for that sword. Uh, you know, cause it's, it was my family made that sword. So I'm challenging you now for the right to hold on to that sword. So he's like, let's do this. Let's do it right now, right here, right now. And so they put down their little like jetpacks and they have, they're fighting on this like catwalk thing. And, um, you know, he ends up uh, losing the sword uh, in the battle to the, the, the blue guy. The blue guy's using it, but like um, the Mandalorian, he fights better without it because, you know, he still doesn't know how to use it. He hasn't mastered the, the, the sword. So he like stabs this dude like six times in like the butt and like the leg and like the ribs. And like the dude falls over and he's got him in a chokehold. And the the lady... Uh, blacksmith is like okay this fight's over you're done answer me this one question have you ever taken your mask off and the dude in the blue armor is like no that would violate our code and then she asked the mandalorian have you ever taken your mask off and he's like and he doesn't really answer and she's like have you ever taken your mask off answer the question or you basically forfeit your right as a mandalorian and he goes well yes i have um taken it off uh once and she goes well then you're excommunicated you're no longer a man you're no longer uh part of our our troop and he's like what the fuck so like he picks up the he picks up the sword and he like just leaves and that's basically the end of the episode or then he goes down to the planet and he's like i need a new ship and he meets up with that chick that runs the mechanic you know the shop that fixes fixed his ship in the um in the in the mandalorian series and uh she makes him a uh, star cruiser from uh, the Phantom Menace, one of those like gold and like silver ones that fly in outer space that like are the single cockpit, single cockpit droid in the back, like uh, you know early predecessor probably to the X wing type like fighters. Mm -hmm. And he's like, I don't really want this. And she's like, Trust me, you're gonna want this ship. It's fast and it's agile. And he's like, oh, I don't know. And she's like, Just get in it and fly it. So there's like this building like montage where like they like piece everything together like together to to build it and then he takes off in it and he's flying around he's like i really like this i guess i'll keep it and that's pretty much the end of the episode <laughs> he like flies off with it and you're like okay cool awesome so no boba fett in this at all right <laughs> i was just like this is weird 
Well, because yeah, I didn't even know what the episode was about. It's just in my group chat, people were like, "Look, they're like, they're like episodes like one through three of like Boba Fett, whatever. Like, you don't need to watch it. You don't give a fucking shit about it. Like, you need to watch this episode though." And I haven't watched yeah. it yet, but now I know why they're like watch it because it's basically the Mandalorian. Pretty much, uh, it's it, yeah, it's just like a bonus Mandalorian episode, so you know what he's up to like before his next season starts. So you know what he was doing between the time he drops uh, Grogu off with uh, Luke and, you know, where you're going to find him probably when the Book of Boba Fett ends. Because the Book of Boba Fett is setting up a war between Boba Fett and like these other people that are coming in to like try to take over Jabba the Hutt's territory. Mm -hmm. So at the end of uh, episode four, they were like, yeah, um, you know, we need we need an army and Boba Fett's like, well, I have credits and you know, his right hand officer is like, well, you know, credits are great and all credits will buy an army. I know where to get the army. And so like basically at the end, like the last maybe like 10 seconds of the show, um, that lady, like Ming-Na Wen's character, like walks up to him and is like, we need you to come fight for Boba Fett. And like she throws like a coin purse at him and says, this should be enough. And he throws it back at her and he says like, no, he's like, I'll do it for free. Like, you know, I owe him a favor. So like he goes to like, you basically know he's going to fight on Boba Fett's side. So I think that's how they tried to tie it in. But pretty much like it was all Mando like the whole time. Dude, that's what's up. I'll yeah. have to watch it. I'll yeah, you should. You'll like it. I mean, it, it goes fast. It go. It's pretty cool. Like once again, like the Mandalorian just in there, like wrecking shop. He's like he's like a straight up like brawler. Like he doesn't mind taking damage as long as he the outcome is favorable to him in the end. Yeah, and that's just what he does. So you know, it was a good episode. I I liked it. But uh, I, that's that's all I've watched. Um, so if we're done with the spoiler talk, Justin, why don't you land this ship? You got it. <laughs> You know, oh, guys. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> Thank you guys for listening to another episode of the That Pixel Life podcast. Sorry, Zach couldn't uh, join us this week. You'll get to hear his sultry voice next week. But uh, you know, uh, why don't you uh, head on over to Discord? Tell him that you uh, missed him. You uh, have some spoilers. If you've watched The Mandalorian, you know, tell us what you think in the spoiler talk section on there and. You know what? If you listen to us on Spotify or iTunes, give us a review. Let us know what you like uh, and uh, give us five stars if you uh, think we're doing a good job. Shannon, if uh, Zach was here, what do you think Zach would say? Uh, the 49ers confidence was a little too much this time around. But um, other than that, I think you would say be great, guys. <laughs>